0: Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are wrapping
1: up Em's unit on the books where animals die and everyone learns a lesson <laughs> because of it. Um, and I have to say, this week we were catfished <laughs> by this book. <laughs>
0: that was very good but also the look on your face when you like made eye contact with me to make sure that I enjoyed Are that you pun along was the also ride with very me? good good
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh we we read the guest cat by takashi hiraide and yes a cat did die in it mhm there there were no lessons learned here nothing else happened okay what did you just to get this out of the way what did you think of
0: this book you told me via text that basically all of your feelings about this book and I read this book and at first I was like I'm not gonna like this book yes Anna I liked this book Okay, well, yay me, I guess. Yay. I did the I did the thing we set out to do. I feel terrible because I think this is actually probably, of the three units I've done so far, the first time that I'm like, I think this fits the brief and I liked the book. Because basically every other time I've been like, I like the book, but I don't think it fits the brief entirely. <laughs> and here's why. But like, I think, th- and I feel terrible about that because this is also the first time where you didn't really plan to choose this book you wanted to read a different one we
1: went on a journey you guys um (laughs) i foolishly assumed that a book that had won a newberry medal i'll be a long time ago but that won a newberry medal would just be an ebook format Mm -hmm. and i think i also thought this because i for some reason mixed up the book the fledgling by jane Langston. langston
0: yeah like whatever with, Doesn't matter, we didn't read it, we don't have to know her name. Yeah,
1: fuck that bitch. No, I'm just kidding, don't say that. That's rude. <laughs> uh, with I was confusing the book, The Fledgling, with the movie <laughs> Fly Away Home. Ah. And I was like, oh, they made a movie based off of it, so, and it won an Uber Award, so it's probably an ebook format. It wasn't. It has never been made into an ebook, according to Goodreads. <laughs> so we couldn't get it. Also, yeah, it's, like, not in paperback also.
0: Yeah, like, there were people selling it used, but that would have taken, like, three weeks to get. So by the time we realized that this was an issue, we could not access this book. Probably, like, it's available at, like, brick-and-mortar stores would be my Mm, guess. Yeah. But also, maybe not, because it might be out of print at this point. And also, we can't go to brick-and-mortar stores, guys. There's a pandemic going on.
1: Yes. So (laughs) I then had to panic choose another book, Which I was on a journey. I just I went on Goodreads because I was like, first I Googled books similar to Old Yeller. And one of the things we had talked about we did not want was we did not want any more books that was like old timey farm Mm -hmm. recollection. Right. Didn't want that. That was everything I could find. And
0: so I mean and then a dog's
1: purpose. Which again, like we read that. Yeah. And also we didn't want anything to do with dogs because we i wanted to do a different animal right right so then i just went on goodreads and i looked on the list and i was like animal death <laughs> so I <they> searched <laughs> and i found this list that was like books where the the animal dies in the end based off the mm. website does the dog die or whatever yes and it was Which like is a great books.
0: website i love yeah that website. very handy it's website. super helpful it does like a lot of triggers for other stuff in like movie and media and stuff like that it's very cool
1: yeah yeah this list only had like five books on it though some of my options were <laughs> limited <laughs> so i looked up this book the guest cat it's like great cat we haven't done cats great it's a translated work of fiction this is awesome um <laughs> and i looked it up i didn't want to read the goodreads reviews because i don't want to be too Um. i don't want to be Spoiled, too influenced. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. By other readers but i did like here's the blurb of the book you guys oh i didn't have it prepared <laughs> 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 i switched over to my goodreads tab and it was just on the homepage. my bad okay here's the blurb on the book a couple in their 30s live in a small rented cottage in a quiet part of tokyo they work at home they no longer have very much to say to one another a cat comes in um and suddenly their life changes and the days have more light and color and then something happens dot 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 like which we all know the thing that's gonna happen is the cat dies great Mm -hmm. and npr i found a book review on npr because i was like okay they're not gonna like spoil too much for me or like get too into it um and MPR also gave the same kind of vibe. It's like here's a young married couple who they don't really ever talk to each other and their life is very boring and uneventful, and then this cat comes in and everybody loves it, and we're all taken along this emotional journey as the as the characters get to know the cat and then the cat dies. I'm like, perfect, great. This is like so far from the young boy growing up on a farm. Great. Right. Yes. Perfect. Let's read it. Instead. <laughs> this book and i'll preface this by saying yes it's written in this way that um according to this according to this writing tutoring class i took in college because i was a writing tutor in college in asia in certain countries in asia they write their books and their essays in this very like long meandering way where like they have a point but instead of Like in a Western style of writing an essay where you're like, here's the point I'm going to make and here's how I'm going to make it. Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like, it just kind of circles the issue and just takes its time to get there. And then it finally like makes its point towards the end, maybe. So the writing style is very different. Uh, And that may have been part of the problem I had with it because I wasn't just like with this subject matter. I just wasn't here for it. But (laughs) <laughs> it's just this couple they live in a rental home and there is a cat a stray cat who mm-hmm. is then adopted by the family next door but then comes to visit them a lot
0: mm-hmm. then the cat dies yeah and then they move yeah and that's it that's great
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last three pages of the book the guy is like but the way that the cat died that, it doesn't line up with what I know. Like mm-hmm. the, the woman told me the cat was run over by a car, but then I start to add things up and like the cat couldn't have died that way. Mm-hmm. Guess we'll never know. And then again, we'll I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, the unfortunate thing is that's literally the entire plot synopsis. So we're probably not going to do too much in terms of plot breakdown here because that was it. That was like it. I took no notes, guys. <laughs> I guess we're going at this in a kind of meandering style ourselves because uh, we're not sticking to our typical format here. (laughs) But uh, there is a part also I do want to like mention because it was part of why I liked this as a book that addresses my grievances about dead animal books. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, I really, really, really liked the fact that the cat dies in the middle. Yeah. Because I think that works so much better than Old Yeller or Fledgling where the animal dies at the end because it's like, animal's dead, you're a man now. Whereas like <laughs> in this, it was like, first off, we got a lot of them playing with the cat and enjoying the cat's company beforehand. A lot. Which on the one hand could be construed as very boring. But <laughs> but also does address the the other issue I had, which is that a lot of the times the animals don't feel like important or like they spend time with the humans it's just kind of you're just kind of told that yeah the human like in the yearling
1: them. yeah mm-hmm. um
0: where there's a lot of a lot of uh interaction between the cat and the people there was also a part after the cat dies and they've moved where they find new cats in their new um home mm-hmm. like new a uh, family of stray cats and i loved this part of the book because i thought it like completely addressed my biggest issue which was like that the cat death or the animal death is, like, used as a motivator for humans to be better humans, which almost always means a man grown, not actually, like, better in any way that I would consider better.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But in this book, what happens with the relationship with these cats is that first they adopt, or they they pseudo-adopt, sort of. They're not, like, really fully adopting these cats, but they, like, start playing with them and whatnot. Um, they first adopt the one that looks like Chibi, the cat that died. So they, like, grow attached to this cat. And then as a result, they, like, come to care for the other cats. And I really liked that the thing that the moment of growth for these humans wasn't I've become a better person, but more like because I knew this one cat, I am now caring for these other cats. And so, like, it gave me something that I am now giving back to, like, its species instead of like me you know so I like that it was more of like a yes like it was more of a communal thing like it the knowing of the cat made the community better rather than the knowing of the cat making this Japanese guy (laughs) like more stoic which would be like a very typical (laughs) old yeller type ending but it wasn't that in this so I, I liked a lot of this stuff in reference to, like, the relationship with the animal. I think that this was a, like, much better handled, like, way for animal death to be used as, like, a growing point for humans. And I hmm. also think that, like, the point of the cat, to some extent, maybe this doesn't, referen- it like, get at my concerns because this story isn't really about an animal dies and people learn from it. It's more like an animal dies and people realize that they are not as important in the life of this animal as they thought they were. And that they didn't like, um, they weren't the have, cat's main
1: owners. Yeah, they weren't yeah. the
0: cat's main owners. Like, the cat had its own life apart from them. And to a big extent, and this might be a huge stretch, and I need you to stay with me on this. Okay. I kind of felt <laughs> like this was all a metaphor for polyamory. Like... <laughs> <laughs> all right, go on. <laughs> Like you've got this couple that like they are trying to spice up their their relationship, uh-huh. so they bring a third party into it. But that third party has like their own like set of relationships separate they're in from closed the couple. Relationships with mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I wouldn't say that they're in a closed relationship. I think everybody involved is in an open relationship. Okay. But I think that like they're assuming that the cat is that they are the cat's primary and they are not. The cat has, like, a different primary. (laughs) Um, And then, like, they break up the death of the cat and then they realize, like, oh, we thought this was more than it was, right? Yes. So I liked that. I don't think that's actually what this book was going for, but that's what I took from (laughs) it. It
1: was a little bit of a journey to go on. (laughs) I support your decision to go there, but I, I... I think I waved at you from the other shore, maybe.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a perfect one-to-one metaphor, but I think there's something there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think my my kind of takeaway from this was, like, these were people who didn't feel like they had any sort of, like, loving, mothering material sort of instincts you know to care Mm -hmm. for another person because there's a lot of times in this book they say we're completely fine by ourselves we don't like animals we don't like babies like we don't want kids or anything and then they like totally against their will kind of um fall in love with a cat so i kind of Mm -hmm. like i don't know i took a little bit more of a negative interpretation of it where it was like you're if you just have kids you'll start to like them sort of Thing yeah, that I, I can took away see that it, which too also maybe added to my dislike of this book
0: if that had been kind of the lens I was looking at it mm-hmm. through which I think is totally valid yeah I think I would fucking hate this book because yeah. that is the moral from <laughs> that you would take from it right
1: <laughs> yeah which I mean whatever your stance on being a parent that is totally fine and only your decision but just to have like a piece of fiction preach yeah. at you about it it's just not great I
0: think Part of it is because, like you said, they kind of intertwine the cats and animals, or the animals and children thing yeah. in this. Like, mm-hmm. they're usually brought up in the same, like, sentence. It's like, oh, this apartment doesn't allow cats. I keep saying cats instead of kids, because I keep sh- saying cats <laughs> and animals. Um, this apartment doesn't allow kids and animals. Or, like, we didn't want kids or any pets how
1: wild is it that a land a landlord was like yeah no kids allowed here
0: (laughs) yeah is that i mean that might be a cultural thing because like that's illegal in the u.s to do that maybe it's that's not illegal other places i'm not sure i don't know yeah that did seem super super like like, wow wow to me
1: this did also take place in the 80s so there is a little bit of
0: disconnect there as well so i don't know right Tweeted us and let us know if you know what japan was like in the mid 80s just in general do you live somewhere where you're allowed to like have housing rules about having kids because yeah interesting
1: because like you're not even allowed to ask like what is right. what are the demographics of the people that live here in this mm-hmm. apartment complex or whatever for obvious yeah. reasons that's kind of a
0: gross question to ask but <laughs> yeah okay so i guess we've already talked about the plot and i don't know if we're going to get into it any deeper than we have well i do but i have i you've got I have some stuff one okay thing i
1: would like to say about the plot of this book
0: oh okay i was going to say we should do who would we recommend this for real quick but oh yeah well, we can... since we're kind of on a roll and this this episode has no structure anyway so
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's just do let's just announce next week's uh episode yeah. right now here uh thanks for on.
1: listening i think that about wraps up this book yeah <laughs> uh well, I was going to say, there's a point, the point in the book where the cat dies is in the middle mm-hmm. of the book. And um, the husband in the story, I don't think the, the couple is good names at all. I don't think
0: anyone has names. Yeah. The only ones that do are like friends of the husband and, and they have letters. letters. Yeah. 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 There's like Y and H. Mm-hmm. So And the cat, the cat has a name, and the which the cat is says, another interesting, yeah. that's another, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to let you finish this point. No, you're And then good. I'm going to come back to this. <laughs> My point is very stupid. Okay, go for it.
1: <laughs> well, so at the point where the cat dies, there is this moment where the main male character of this book, the husband, um, is talking to the, other, the woman who owned the cat uh, officially. She's the one that gave the cat the collar. And mm-hmm. he's kind of telling her about, you know, oh, we also used to care for this cat and it would come over every night and sleep at our house and then leave in the morning to see your son off to school. And the woman at first is, like, very, like, gracious, like, oh, thank you for looking after our cat, whatever. And he's like, would it be okay if we went and visited the cat where you buried it? And she's like, yeah, but not today. Let me call – or call me tomorrow and we'll set something up. And he's like, okay, cool. So he calls the next day and the woman totally gives him the cold shoulder. <laughs> and the couple then – they're not allowed to go see the grave. And so they cannot – they feel like they cannot reach closure about the death of this fucking cat and they've kind of become obsessive about it to the point where like the the husband like he goes to the library and reads about geometry so he can figure out the exact angle to look at their yard from like it's, it's i thought this book was going to devolve into like this very dark and obsessive Desire to be reunited with the cat in some mm-hmm. way, where they would like do harm unto this other family or something, and I was like, mm, "This book's gonna get good." But no, instead they just <laughs> moved away, <laughs> and they were never reunited with the dead cat.
0: I did have a thought while reading this around that point, partially because we were talking about it via text, mm-hmm. and but I like I knew it wouldn't happen because you would have mentioned it via text. I would have been like,
1: "Yo, no, this book is fucking awesome." Just yeah. kidding.
0: But I was kind of hoping that the cat was a ghost cat the whole time. Oh, that would have been so good. Cause it's like a like all white cat with like some creepy India ink spots. They keep using the India ink as a descriptor for the color of the cat, which yeah. like I don't know what color that is. No, but not is it like a brownish, like a it I thought it was bluish, but oh, like that yeah. doesn't make sense for a cat. And maybe I'm just making that up. India ink. It's a simple black or colored ink. So I'm
1: just in black. I don't know. Or anyway. just
0: say ink. What's <laughs> the ink color? Yeah, <laughs> ink
1: also works because we know it has that like shiny qual whatever.
0: Anyway. Anyway. Um <laughs> I was hoping it was a ghost cat was what I was gonna say, just because it's like this cat that like gets into places and they don't really know how it got yes. there and whatever. I was like, maybe this is going to be like, he goes to the neighbor and the neighbor's like, what are you talking about? That cat's been dead for 50 years. But no, we didn't go that way <laughs>
1: We never had a cat.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that kind of, when I almost interrupted you, um, and kind of did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I did interrupt you. But I didn't interrupt cat. you all the way. I didn't take us all the way <laughs> off on this tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Who would we recommend? no 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 oh. <laughs> we'll get back to that no, we'll okay. circle back to that eventually <laughs> i was gonna say um about the naming in this book because there's like no human names but all the cats have names this so that's again true. another like point in this book's column for like being respectful to the animal creatures yeah. the animal characters rather. yeah jesus christ i can't talk today <laughs> They're given kind of in some ways more personality than the humans are, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like they. Oh, have, Chibi's personality is. Chibi has a big the- personality. <laughs> <laughs> I did find, like, as much as I appreciated that this was, like, very much a book where the cat, where the animal was given, like, agency and characterization and, like, life outside of the humans. I. Was a little bit like, how much longer are we gonna talk about this fucking cat?
1: Oh, the whole way through, <laughs> the whole
0: way through, it's so beautiful, so perfect, oh such a God. wonderful cat.
1: I I fried it up fish every day for its meals, and then it bit me when it
0: stole my shrimp.
1: <laughs> I did not love the cat anymore.
0: I didn't love until the cat anymore. I did again. Put it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, who would we recommend this book to, Anna? <sighs>
1: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. This is one of those books I think you have to be in a very specific mood for. If you Mm -hmm. like quiet, very reflective, very character study-ish, just like taking a moment from someone's life and describing it to great extent and that's it, you might like this book.
0: Yeah. I being the one who did like this book and i say i liked it this isn't like my favorite book of all time i like you did
1: this is the only way i'm gonna describe it now (laughs) em's favorite book the guest cat
0: you're like a three on goodreads (laughs) but i would recommend this for people who have one bookshelf in their house or apartment and it's in their living room and by that, I mean people who only read books of which they can be proud of and show them off to uh, yeah, people when yeah. they come over and they drink wine.
1: Yes. And they
0: can yes. be like, mm, yes, the guest cat. Mm, Have yes. you read the
1: guest cat?
0: I read it in the original Japanese. Well, I read it in the French translation. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I would recommend this book for, no lie.
1: Yeah, this book is a bestseller in Japan and France.
0: Also, if you, maybe if you're like in a college class and like, your final project you have to like pick a book that somehow relates to whatever the topic of the class is and write a paper on it this one would be pretty easy to to write a paper on there's it's a lot really of like short, quick read yeah real quick and a lot of stuff that you can be like oh yes baseball symbolizes the yearning for masculine energy yes. or whatever bullshit. when they did you the wave
1: with. in their funeral wear.
0: yes yes <laughs> there's <laughs> lot of symbolism in this book that I was too yes. lazy to unpack
1: and it gets kind of meta too because it's like at, towards the end of the book you find out that the main character is writing the beginning mm-hmm. of this book and publishing it in magazines so there's yes. like that metatextual kind of
0: thing yeah as well, so you, you could that. definitely crank out seven to eight this pages is, on that this is essay yeah essay, yeah, upon this essay is in this book essay fodder yes but I did like it
1: well, I'm glad you liked it I'm glad <laughs> it fit the bill I'm glad I was successful in choosing a book for you for this book god-awful unit <laughs> let's be done with dead
0: animals <laughs> we have only been talking for 24 minutes i know i said this episode could be shorter but not not that this short, short. <laughs> um okay so let's since you brought it up and this episode has absolutely no structure it's gone entirely off the rails
1: mm-hmm. let's circle back around to the beginning
0: i'm yeah, let's Anna. To, and i'm em <laughs> I almost said that as, like, a Pavlovian thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, we usually, uh, at the end of a unit... Actually, you know what? I meant to bring this up. Uh, at some point, with you off mic, but we can do it now. Do it here on mic.
1: If you can say it to everyone, if you can say it to me, you can say it. To <laughs> I everyone can say it to the world.
0: No, this stuff. is just like a logistical thing that we forgot to do for mm. the last unit wrap up. Um, when we did *Spinning Silver*, because we talked about that for so long, we didn't really talk about at the end your feelings on the trope. Oh, now, that's right. right. I forgot that was a
1: thing. That was a lot. Long-
0: Yeah, it was a long time ago, but let's Mm -hmm. do a little bit of that for Spinning Silver and then I guess for this book. Yes. So that we can pad the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So my thoughts on the trope. As a reminder, the trope is a rich or royal person marries a poor dum-dum or someone of lower status.
1: Yes. Um, I think it's still like the dum-dum part I don't care for. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it though. And this is hard because like, I gave you the one example that I really liked. Yes. But it's like where you see the person making the efforts to either, um, I don't want to say fit in, but like where you see them make the effort to learn how to be good in their position and to use Mm -hmm. that to their advantage. So like in uh, spinning silver where Irina is like, okay, um, these are all the things I learned how to do like this double speak stuff with my dad. And so I'm going to use that to my advantage and basically going to save almost doom, but kind of save the world <laughs> from winter yeah. um, situation and how she kind of manipulates people in a role that she like really wasn't prepared for. And then Miriam as well. Like she learns to adapt to the way that the, um, ooh, what are they called? The Fae people the the starks yeah she learns to adapt to the way that the starks run things and then instead of trying to like plow her way through it her own style she adapts herself to that and she uses that to her advantage so even though they like especially miriam came from this position where she was just like totally unfamiliar with a royal lifestyle she was still able to beat it i guess on her on Mm. by by employing that so i i I like that expression i just really like political intrigue stuff though so like
0: do you think i guess in the future if you were to come upon a book where it was clear from the like back info from the synopsis Mm. um the back info what the fuck (laughs) the
1: blurb Uh. on the back
0: (laughs) the words the words scribbled upon the back um (laughs) that
1: the letters this that come trope. together to form a description of the novel you're about to
0: read. <laughs> the novel here within. Um, do you think if you read a, a back info like that that made clear that that trope was present, mm-hmm. would you not read it because you dislike the trope? Read it because, hey, maybe you kind of like the trope now, I guess. No, you don't, but like... <laughs> I like I, I, very would,
1: specific aspects right, of it.
0: Would you, would you be willing to risk it risk disliking it in general mm. on the off chance that it um does fit the very specific niche of the trope that you like or <laughs> just like it wouldn't matter at all you would it would be irrelevant if there was like other stuff you were into or not you know
1: I think it really depends like how the relationship is presented in the blurb because mm-hmm. you know like sometimes they're like But can the kingdom survive the new princess? And then you're like, oof, no, that is not for me. (laughs) Uh, But other times, I don't know, you can kind of get a vibe. I don't normally search these out because I do, like I said, I prefer the novels in which everyone is a Peter Baelish. And so I Mm -hmm. tend to look for the more experienced players
0: so to speak your absolute love of peter baelish is one of the Mm. things i find most endearing and disturbing about (laughs) you let me list my favorite characters on game of thrones peter Peter baelish Baelish. ramsay bolton
1: (laughs) something about those just wild eyes man it's not Mm. good (laughs) it's not good at all it's not And Sansa. I fucking love Sansa. I
0: love Sansa, though. Mm -hmm. Look, we can all agree that the Game of Thrones final season was trash, and we can all agree that we're never going to get the last few books. It's just (laughs) not going to happen.
1: I think George R.R. Martin is supposed to be in jail right now because (laughs) July 29th has passed.
0: (laughs) But I think we can also agree that Sansa is the best. Oh, my God. And... Sansa haters can go in the trash. I know. And as <laughs>
1: I was a book reader, I was mm-hmm. like, in the first couple seasons of the show, everyone's like, Sansa fucking sucks. Sansa fucking sucks. So I'm like, guys, wait. Listen. Love. Just wait for
0: this girl. <laughs> I watched the first season of the show before I read the books, mm-hmm. and I was always pro Sansa. Mm. Always. She was 14. She was a little brat at the beginning, and she's allowed to be a little brat. She was 14. Leave yes, her alone.
1: Yes. How would she know that Joffrey would want to kill a direwolf? Like, that's just not something you assume about people. Speaking of animal death.
0: (laughs) Yes. And also I just love that, like, Sansa is, like, um, such a deconstruction of, like, the fairy tale princess, Mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. she's, like, she believes in all of that. And she's she's very, like, trope savvy, genre savvy for a world that she is not in. Yes. And she has to re re-evaluate
1: and learn yeah. the rules of the game and then win at it and that's what I love that is the trope right. I like
0: mm. anyway Baelish. anyway <laughs> Peter Baelish.
1: though really squicked out about Peter Baelish wanting to get with Sansa that is very gross yeah that's Much that's prefer the where line. he's just like the mentor mm-hmm. forming her into this just like beautifully powerful woman <laughs> but
0: not in a weird way not in a sexual it's, way kind of annoying how like often that happens where like a powerful man decides to lead a woman or a child based on their love for their mother I'm looking Mm. at a certain character in a other book series always um (laughs) it's gross like that's a gross dynamic you know yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm
1: because you're never going to get away from the, like... The
0: fact that they wanted to bang your mom.
1: Yes. And that you kind of look like them.
0: Yes. And that's, like, a big reason why they're into helping you. Oh, God. Not okay.
1: Always. Fuck that. Fuck that. He was not a hero. Anyway. No. Don't want anyway, to we that. can't really get into that. Him.
0: No. <laughs> I brought it up, and I apologize. It's okay.
1: So yes, I I don't I would not jump headfirst into the next book that had that okay. trope. I would do my research, heavily.
0: You would vet it. You'd yes. check that Goodreads. Yes. Yes, I would. I got it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Moving on to the dead animals, then. How do you yes. feel about this trope now? Are you going to be picking up The Day No Pigs Would Die next? Oh my god, I
0: forgot that book existed. I think I had that as a kid and refused to finish it. Mm. Um, don't blame you. The Pig Dies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be okay with reading another book of this sort of the thing kind of like you. I feel like this is like I'm okay with it in such a very specific niche, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like number 1, I'm okay with animal death in books that are centered around animals because I think that that is often moving and works a lot better. Like mm-hmm. Charlotte's Web or, you know, we read the A Dog's Purpose, which wasn't Certain the best book in the world, much more fulfilling than other dog lives. That's My, uh... very true. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's still very much centered around the animal, right? Mm-hmm. And I like I'm okay with that because it's the same as like a a sad book where a person dies and I love that shit.
1: So when the animal is given more personality, when they're mm-hmm. personified a little bit more, yes, then that is a good way to do it.
0: And I think if it is going to be about the human the impact of a death an animal death on a human, it needs to be like this book where the animal dies early. Yes. Because, like... You need the aftermath. Yeah, that's if that's what the point of the book is, is them dealing with the death. Because I feel like that is the point of Old Yeller and the fledgling, right? Is, like, dealing with the death of the animal. Right. But it happens in the last chapter. Yeah, both grief in is book. a process
1: that does not take five minutes.
0: <laughs> right. And I think this is, like, a larger issue, but I just abhor the general idea of like boys having to go through something traumatic in order to be real men. Like they have I think to get rid
1: of those feelings of attachment.
0: Yeah. I think that's like so toxic yes. and gross and mm-hmm. I just don't like it. And it makes me uncomfortable. And I liked that this book was like about having an emotional response to a thing and not being able to let go. Yeah. And frankly, maybe too emotional for a response <laughs> 'Cause you're starting to stalk your neighbor, but like <laughs> you're starting to learn
1: basic geometry all over
0: again. <laughs> yes. But like you can't have that sort of response in a two page thing at the end. Pa comes home and you and gives you a new dog. Like Yeah, and tells you about how proud they are of how manly you are for right. having shot your old dog. I'm I'm okay with reading dead animal books. I don't I still think I'm not okay with reading coming of age dead animal books. Yeah. Unless there's one again if y'all know something let me know if there's one where the animal dies in the middle and it's more about like the processing of grief yeah i'd be yeah. into that because i love sad books i really do mm, i
1: just i don't <laughs> <laughs> that's not a unit we're going to be diving into uh, not yet soon. yeah we need some distance from
0: this sad yeah. unit <laughs>
1: This what a bummer a really episode let's be downer a of an
0: episode <laughs> um, let me think of a joke uh <laughs> <laughs> um it's, I mean, we can, it's
1: been almost 45
0: minutes I was gonna say, we can probably move to wrap up if we want
1: yeah you guys this was just, it was a short book you get a short yeah.
0: episode this will hopefully be funny enough that people will click on it because they'll be like i don't know if i will like this podcast or not I'm going to listen to their shortest episode and see, <laughs> and hopefully we didn't turn you off too much.
1: <laughs> if you're still listening, that is.
0: It's usually a lot more structured than this.
1: They 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 were like on board until just now. They were like, ooh, I don't like the way they addressed me directly. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Hello, Ryan. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for
1: listening. We should do a variety of names there just in case. Yes. Kaylee.
0: <laughs> Amanda michelle lauren gregory susan
1: <laughs> it's kind of hard to just think a random name to everybody. i know right? like i'm really
0: blanking sup kyle to all you kyle's out there this one's for you
1: <laughs> <sighs> now we have to play some like 50s delilah
0: jukebox
1: Delight <laughs> luck like it out of here. Love someone tonight. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Alright. So uh aside from dead cats,
1: what else have you been reading? Well, let me tell you, I just got done reading a cozy mystery because I did I moved on. I told you guys I love historical mysteries when I'm going through a reading mm-hmm. slump. And then I started reading one and I was like, I cannot think about historical accuracy right now. So then I was like, well, contemporary cozy mystery is, it's it's like the next level down for me in terms of like effort. Um, I read uh, the first book in this new cozy mystery series, Steeped in Suspicion. Uh, It's a pun on tea because the woman uh, inherits her grandmother's old Victorian tea house. Of
0: course.
1: And there's also a ghost there named Asher <laughs> that only she can see, and he's from the 1920s. There's some romantic tension, but as of the end of the first book, no kissing.
0: Ugh, disappointment.
1: Uh, there is also a ghost cat in this book. <gasps> ghost cat. <laughs> it was the former mayor of the small town in Oregon.
0: All right. Sure. <laughs>
1: anyway, it was pretty good. Like I thought that the author had a really good. Uh, narrative voice and it was very fast-paced i read it in like an hour and a half two hours maybe it was very good Hmm. um and i think it's on kindle unlimited it was was a free kindle download so i kind of just automatically assume that means it's an indie title but i don't know Hmm. that's what i read i'm continuing on my journey of just like being totally zoned out in the reading department
0: i also read (laughs) taz excellent (laughs) oh yeah yeah you like it
1: yeah, I loved it. I am a little bit disappointed they took out my favorite scene, which is the one I think I
0: know. I think I know the which Beverly one scene or the Barbara scene. Barbara,
1: I mean. that's yes. <laughs> wow, it's totally my favorite scene. Got the name wrong. The Barbara scene where they have to guess the yes. name and <laughs> Taco guesses Taco.
0: <laughs> it's very good.
1: Yes, it's extremely good goof, and I'm kind of sad it wasn't in the graphic novel. But I can understand why it wouldn't be because there's a lot of DM interaction there. So yeah. Anyway. How about you? What are you reading?
0: Um, I also I think finished the Taz graphic novel since the last time we spoke about recommended reading. Mm. Um also agreed, very much enjoyed it. Yes. Um
1: Is that is it one of your favorite arcs, right? From the podcast? Um I don't think I've said that, but sure why not? I thought you had. Never mind. Maybe it's one of my (laughs) well, it's not mine. Maybe it's my goals. I don't know anybody else who listens to Taz.
0: I usually bounce between suffering game. Uh, Eleventh Hour Century. and Stolen Century is my favorites.
1: My favorite is Eleventh Hour.
0: Eleventh Hour is that's, that's the Groundhog
1: Day one, right? Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it's two away from graphic novel form, I believe. I'm excited. Anyway, um, I also have been reading. Uh, since we were doing this Dead Animal Unit coming of age novels, I continued my. YA summer here mm-hmm. and I finished reading Felix Ever After by Casey Calendar, and I do recommend it um mm. it was a very very good book I will say the only thing that knocked it down a few pegs in my estimation is that it heavily features a love triangle and the love triangles between the main character his enemy and his best friend And I'm not going to ruin it for you guys by saying which of these tropes I prefer, but there is one I prefer. And I think if you know me, you can figure out which one. And it did not go in that direction. So that was a bit of a bummer Mm -hmm. for me. Is it giving
1: too much away if I say I also prefer the tropes?
0: I think if you say that, everyone will know. But, you know, y'all can figure it out. He doesn't
1: Um, end up with Peter Baelish.
0: The book is essentially about a uh 17-year-old high schooler who really wants to be in love and also is experiencing some bullying at his school and those two things <laughs> interact in a very <laughs> strange way. Uh and it's very heartwarming. Uh I will say I read the the blurb from Calendar in the back where they talk about how uh important they view representation as it was like the thing that brought them to kind of realize their own identity Mm -hmm. so like this book is very heavily interested in representation so if you are the type of person who that annoys you then you probably won't like this book but like I don't know, maybe or like maybe think about this
1: podcast
0: or maybe this podcast and also maybe think about why that annoys you because you might need to do some soul searching. But yeah. overall, <laughs> recommend the book. I think it was really good. It is definitely a YA. I think it would be an excellent read if you're looking for a uh, YA to suggest to the youngster in your life who uh, could use some good representative fiction, whether they belong yeah. to any individual category or you just want them to read books outside of the, you know straight white cisgender male other perspectives that, are cool too guys possibly getting primarily all of in their school classes <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> um speaking i would just is just kind of an aside and sure let's face it we've got time to talk um do you find because i was just thinking the summer is a perfect time for ya
0: contemporaries mm, yes agree do you are you a mood reader with the seasons um I think so cuz I think I je- like I haven't really tracked it cuz I haven't I don't keep track of my reading until this year. Mm. This is the first year that I'm trying to like actually write down in good reads what I've read. But I I think generally I do more YA in the warmer months and I generally do more like mm. fantasy heavy stuff in winter. Mm.
1: I'm kind of this I I'm definitely the same. I do like a lot of YA or these like fluff mysteries sort of like beach reads what mm-hmm. you would call a beach read. During
0: the beach-going yeah. months, right, right, right.
1: I do, I do read sometimes like spookier or darker reads mm-hmm. during like September, October time period.
0: Oh, oh,
1: good, good. That'll be good. What a good segue. And <laughs> <laughs> I like winter. I just, I don't know. What do I like to read? in
0: winter? I think I usually go more like romance in the spring, also. Mm. Generally, yeah, that's a good time have, for it. I usually have a pretty big like romance binge in uh springtime.
1: Yeah. I like I like fantasy like the like sagas, like mm-hmm. long series in the winter cuz I feel like this yeah is a good time to just stay inside and do nothing but read very long books.
0: Yeah. Which I don't. Agreed.
1: Know, I don't ever do. I always say I always say I'm going <laughs> to save this series for like January and then like 3 years later I'm like, "Oh yeah, I pre-ordered that book."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have a a bad habit of reading a first book in a series and then like completely forgetting about it same to the point that i can't remember what the first book was about by the time the end of the series is out yes uh, um but speaking same. of of long series
1: oh no. i think it's
0: time to talk about what our next unit is going to be obviously next week is going to be another morph monday yes with our uh tobias viewpoint the right? pretender yes, yes i think we're finally done with david mm-hmm. um
1: and now we're on to the david aftermath.
0: Yes. It's, Should it's, be fun was good, you guys was real good, but then after that, we're gonna be kicking off your new unit yeah, with a uh, a very topical book, yeah, guys
1: uh, so i'm gonna here's the trope. I don't like it, I don't like when books when a book exists and then the author writes another book that's <laughs> the same book, but from another character's perspective, I hate that. Do you guys know what book we're going to read next? Can you guess? That's right. It's Midnight Sun
0: by Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> this, this unit definitely wasn't formatted specifically around us reading this book.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely a thing I it is, hate. Yeah. Uh, oh, I strongly dislike, if you will. I really can't think of an instance where I do enjoy it um like i don't know if you guys remember but even in the crown duel book which is one of my favorite books of all time there is a section of like short stories i guess that Mm -hmm, are it's the mm -hmm. same story but told from Vidanric's point of view instead of meliara's and i'm just like i don't have time for that i already read this book many times (laughs) (laughs) it's just not i don't like the repetitiveness if you you couldn't tell the story fully the first time then just what are you doing
0: so we are reading Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer, which if you don't know which blessings upon you, if you've managed to miss this um, in your <laughs> life, uh, Stephanie <laughs> me me Meyer is me the how author. Teach me to stay off
1: the grid. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Stephanie Meyer is the author of the Twilight series. And this book, Midnight Sun, is the retelling of Twilight from Edward, the 107-year-old vampire love interest point of view. Which- I have to
1: say, right off the bat, I'm very mm-hmm. unenthused, because don't you feel mm-hmm. like vampires should be older than that? Like, <laughs> I'm not very um, afraid of a hundred-year-old vampire. Talk to me after yes. you have, like, a couple more centuries under your belt.
0: This is part of why I am slightly worried about this episode, because I know that I am going to well-actually you so much, and I don't <laughs> like being that person. You mean a Twilight expert? <laughs> Yes, I am unfortunately well versed in Twilight having been a former Twilight hard mm. in my teenage years. And I've only read the
1: first book and the rest yes. of my knowledge about Twilight comes from one time when I asked M what happens in the rest of the series and I got <laughs> lectured. It's very wild. I cannot even believe someone put <laughs> pen to page the things M that came out of M's mouth. I just
0: I cannot. <laughs> um I I'm sure we'll get into more of both like just because Twilight is such a cultural phenomenon. I'll sure I'm sure we'll get more into our individual relationships with Twilight in mm. the actual episode. Mm. Um but I will say that I considered rereading the series in order to brush up <laughs> on my knowledge as a Twilight expert. <laughs> and I went to check to see if I needed to. I went to several different impossible Twilight quizzes. And I scored very highly on all of them. So that shit is still in my brain. You
1: know what we could do, though, is we could yeah. watch all the movies because they're on Amazon Prime right now. I
0: absolutely don't want to do that. We could is do the that.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should so I can learn about Twilight.
0: <laughs> Maybe. That might be good. That might be a good solo project for you. I have seen all the movies. Um, The last one I saw most recently, uh, like within the last year, I think, with my younger brother. And that was a fun experience because he had never... <laughs> seen any twilight We just watched breaking
1: dawn part two and that was amazing yeah
0: amazing (laughs) it was really good (laughs) oh man so that's gonna be two weeks from now if you guys want to hear our midnight sun coverage
1: oh yes i yeah we kind of resisted doing twilight and 50 shades because like that was so that's been done a million times but midnight sun is new fodder baby (laughs) man we
0: gotta jump on this while it's hot
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah Got a lot of thoughts. We're both kind of like we've we've read a lot of paranormal romance. Like Mm -hmm. we're coming. We're we're pretty much like experts on vampire love.
0: (laughs) We're pretty much just super, super good at sexy vampires, guys.
1: I think we've both already admitted we would love to succumb to sexy vampires.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I've said that I would take vampirism. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. But I wonder? also believe I've been on the record saying that I vastly prefer werewolves to vampires. So weird. I'm I'm sorry. So it's just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, we'd love for you to join us for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that shit show.
1: Yep. In the meantime, if you want to share your teenage twilight experience or adulthood i don't know the age and demographic of our listeners i just kind of went off my own life experience so i apologize mm. but your experience with twilight please tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at com. even if it's a simple hashtag team edward or team jacob it'd be great <sighs> would it <laughs> let's let's revive these old tumblr rivalries i want to fight tooth and nail about things that don't matter
0: not to give away too many spoilers for you know two weeks from now but Mm. hashtag team rosalie am i right
1: yeah i want to agree with you i don't know who that is (laughs) but literally Um, any other option has to be the better
0: one yeah for sure
1: (laughs) As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. Did we forget any of our segments earlier?
0: Probably. Who cares? (laughs) Good point.
1: We are also on this all episode's of your, a mess. So this episode is junk. I'm sorry. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Things can only go up from here, you
0: guys. <laughs> it's the rock bottom. Look, guys, it's been 80 some 90 some episodes, okay? Yeah. There is bound to life. be there is bound to be a real train wreck one of these days. <laughs> we were due. <laughs>
1: If you do use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five star review. But if you do not use Apple Podcasts, that's okay because you can talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Takashi Hiraide, we had never kept a skylark or any other kind of bird for a pet. But for whatever reason, we owned a bird cage especially made for a skylark. That I relate to that so much. <laughs> Same though. Here's this joke I don't have a reason to have, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
0: back. I was ready. I know. To I know. Go. And, uh, I was in the zone. I was in the podcast zone. Now I have to. Recenter now you're out of myself. the zone. And
1: we'll never reenter.
0: Get in the zone. The podcast Auto zone. zone. <laughs> I have to recenter myself. I have to do my 20 minutes of yoga. And <laughs> 20 minutes of off
1: topic discussion. Before
0: we're <laughs> ready to talk about this. All right.
1: Oh, fuck this book. Okay. Thank <laughs>